Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Here at How to Money, we're always encouraging listeners to think about some of the different ways they can earn some money on the side to reach their financial goals. And guess what? While you're away, your home could also earn extra income. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. Yeah, hosting is a lot easier than you might think, and you don't need to Airbnb a whole house. You can just host your extra spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Upswell Marketing would like to remind listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms. They don't see two dentists or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. And in fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. And new customers receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing the simple steps to achieve fire. Yeah, Joel, even though uh, achieving FIRE, which by the way, that means financial independence, retire early. We talked about this last week, and this is a little two-parter series that we're doing on financial independence, retiring early. Though the steps are simple, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're easy, right? This is a big goal to try to get to the point to where you don't have to work, where you could retire early if you wanted to, to where you are financially independent. That's what we're going to talk about this episode. We're going to talk through the specific steps that we all need to take, regardless of what our financial independence retire early journeys look like. We're going to get really practical with this episode, buddy. Yeah, man, fire. Obviously, an incredible goal. You know, we talked about the pros and cons of it last week, but yeah, there are some specific things that you need to do in order to achieve that goal. And it's not a goal necessarily for everybody. But I think one of the well, the key tenets of fire that we're going to talk about too is that you really do have to be intentional about every single dollar. And Matt, uh, before we get to talking about fire, I wanted to tell you some way I was trying to be 
really intentional about my money. Let's, uh, let's just, hear it. Just this past week. So, man, I drove our family downtown recently for a, a protest against racial injustice. And I was trying to figure out where we were going to park. And normally I would like to ride my bike uh, downtown with the kids. But with all of us going with like a nap time for the baby, we just had to drive. Right. It made sense. And I was trying to figure out where the cheapest place to park was near the place we were going. And so like a super money nerd that I am, I was Googling for websites that would help me find the cheapest parking. I found this website called Parkopedia. And Sounds legit. It, yeah, it's like... I an, think, right? It, yeah, it's like Wikipedia, <laughs> but for parking or something yeah. like that. I don't know. But no, they did a really good job of kind of, kind of laying out uh, the map and telling me how much it costs to park at different places. And so I ended up finding a place that looked like it was $9. If I parked before 10 a.m., early bird special, I was like, cool, I'm going nice. to hit that. I want to be there. And, uh, you know, a lot of other places were $12, $15, And I think Parkopedia did a good job, but it turns out I didn't do a good job. I didn't read the fine print. (laughs) (laughs) So the early bird special only applies if you leave after... 2 p.m. We weren't staying that long. <laughs> so I had to pay a full 20 bucks, man. And that's the kind oh, of thing that a, a guy like me absolutely hates. Like it was it was really tough leaving that parking lot and being like, man, I just got stuck with a $20 bill for parking when I tried to plan ahead. Frugal fail, man. So did you use the website or uh, did you download the app onto your phone? No, I used the website. The website. So I never heard of the site, but I saw that they do have an app. And I was going to say that if you had the app version, you should leave a review because you can leave reviews for individual decks or parking lots. I was looking. It didn't seem like there are a ton of reviews or you know feedback within Atlanta. So I don't know if that means it's just maybe a newer service for Atlanta. But this is the kind of thing, though, that I love seeing anything that's crowdsourced where folks are participating in it. And so hopefully next time you'll have the app, you can leave your feedback and that can let the next guy know that they got to stay there until, you know, way after nap time for the baby. So. <laughs> yeah. Felt like a little bait and switch maybe yeah. I, I don't know uh, also probably i just didn't read the fine print so i'm gonna blame that one on myself but for other people who do park in in areas that are kind of expensive maybe that app or that website can be helpful to people to find a parking garage that is going to be cheaper and yeah read the reviews because people will chime in and and tell you what they found wrong <laughs> with that parking deck but for those of us who are money nerds into saving every dollar a site like that can be helpful for sure yeah man that could be a great resource if you're looking for free or cheap parking uh, let's introduce our beer for this episode. We are going to drink uh, Speedway Stout, and this is an imperial stout with coffee, brewed by Ale Smith. These guys are out of San Diego. We actually mentioned them on a recent episode. It's one of the many wonderful breweries there out of that great city there in California. Looking forward to sharing this one with you, man. Me too, man. All right, let's get on to, to the subject at hand. Today, we're discussing the simple steps to achieve fire. And last week on the show, Matt, you and I, we shared how we feel about the fire movement. We talked through uh, the pros and cons, the things that we really like about the movement and the things that we kind of feel are lacking. And we really came down on the side of the fact that we think that the movement has been more helpful than harmful by by a long shot. But at the same time, we're not all in on it. And we discussed kind of the specifics on why. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that one, we would say, give it a shot. Go check that one out. This episode, we're going to discuss exactly how you can achieve fire if that's something that you are interested in. By the way, too, Matt, I wanted to, to make a note that fire is not only for hyper young people. It's not only for millennials and younger. Uh, people in their 40s and 50s are finding out about this movement and it's changing how they handle their finances. And it's causing them to rethink the traditional notions of retiring at 65 or later. So this show today is definitely for all of our listeners. Yeah, we don't only have 25-year-old listeners. Sometimes I think maybe we have 45 or 55-year-old listeners too. Uh, You know, it's also important to note that depending on your specific situation, fire could, of course, be much harder to achieve. You know, if you're mired in student loan debt uh, or you're working a low-paying job for a nonprofit because maybe you love the work, 
Fire will most definitely be a more difficult accomplishment. If this is you, then there's a good chance that the retire early part of fire, that that won't even be a goal of yours at all, you know, if you do love the work that you do. However, the, the financial independence portion of FIRE, you know, I think that's something that we should all be striving towards. And also, the, the biggest question we're going to answer in this episode is, is how to actually achieve FIRE. And granted, that journey is going to look different for, for everyone, but there are certain principles that are the same regardless of what your journey looks like. Yeah, and, and we wanted to discuss specifically how to achieve FIRE for two reasons, two major reasons, Matt. One, I think, is, is seeing bigger potential possibilities. It can be motivating and eye-opening. I know that in my financial journey, before I heard about FIRE, I had some basic assumptions about personal finance. And then hearing the depths of what other people were able to accomplish was inspirational and motivational to me. It kind of opened up a world of possibilities in personal finance that I just didn't even know were there. And because of that, it helped me, number two, reframe my own goals. Like, And, and that can be the same for many of our listeners as they kind of hear about this subject and hear the details on how to achieve FIRE. Many of our listeners are ambitious when it comes to their money dreams. And so laying out the framework of what it will take to attain FIRE, it can be so helpful, right? And, and even if FIRE isn't on their radar, I think anybody who just wants to pursue financial independence or just like curious about how they can save more and do better with their money, they're going to find this episode helpful too. Yeah, man. And I like what you said there about just the possibilities that are just out there for us. When we are aware of fire and when we know that it's something that we can pursue, it opens up our mind. You know, it opens our eyes to the different possibilities and just all the different options out there. We don't have to follow the script of, you know, retiring at age 65. Like there's a chance you could retire at 45 or maybe even 35, you know, if you really get after it. Well, I'm already past that point, so... And you definitely I, can't go back in time and retire, <laughs> but... FIRE does not offer that possibility. But for others out there. So let's go ahead and simplify achieving FIRE down to the essential roots. Basically, you just need to massively increase your savings rate, and then you need to invest the difference. That sounds pretty simple, right? Uh, but the nuts and bolts can actually be pretty revealing, so we're going to discuss the actual specifics of how to achieve FIRE, and we're going to get to that right after the break. I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about. Getting your books together with, uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes, for instance. That's something we've been in the middle of. But it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000. 25 and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. 
And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. No matter how hard of a worker you are, you probably like to kick back, relax, and just chill every now and then. But if you're an investor, that's the last thing you want your money to be doing. You want it to be out there working hard and kicking butt. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Betterment's automated technology gives you advanced tools that are built to help maximize returns. We're talking tools like diversified, expert-built portfolios of low-cost ETFs. Keeping those expense ratios low is key to seeing your investments compound over the years and decades. A high-yield cash account where your money can earn 11 times the national average. Listeners know that they need to have an emergency fund set aside for those completely unforeseen expenses. A high-yield cash account is the perfect place to park that money in automated investing technology like automated rebalancing. That way, if certain industries are, say, growing like crazy, your portfolio, it stays on track. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. I got my first life insurance policy almost a decade ago. And hey, I'm still kicking it. I very much hope that trend continues, Matt. And since then, I've actually added coverage via Policy Genius. And if you out there, you're listening and you're worried that this is going to be a massive pain getting life insurance, think again. Policy Genius made it an incredibly easy process. If you have loved ones who rely on you and your income, Life insurance is a crucial part of your financial plan. Not only does it provide a financial backstop for your family, it also gives you peace of mind too. Plus, the longer you wait, the more rates go up because life insurance rates typically increase as you get older. So if this is something you've been putting off, it's time to make it happen now. That's right. Yeah. And even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, we're back from the break. And Matt, we're going to get to the math and we're going to get to the investment accounts and all that stuff in just a little bit. But the first thing you need to do, the first step I think you need to take when you decide that pursuing fire is for you is that you have to change your current relationship with money. And there are a few things that we have to discuss on this front before we can kind of move on to those other things. Last week, when we talked about the impact that the larger goal of fire can have on your mindset, it can be powerful. And then, well, if you really want to reach fire in a reasonable time frame, 
you're going to need to have a real change in how you relate to money, right? You'll need to begin to enjoy the gamification aspects of personal finance. We've talked about that before, Matt. And then you'll want to let that overarching goal influence the money choices that you make every single day. Bringing your lunch to work every day and biking through the rain can be kind of actually, instead of a bummer, it can be part of the excitement with your goal in hand, giving you the fuel to make those choices that are going to save you lots of extra money uh, in order to help you reach that goal more quickly. Yeah, that intentional hardship can actually sometimes boost our happiness, right? And part of this is just rethinking happiness and what happiness is for us. We all know deep down that the most satisfying things in life are oftentimes free. And that also our spending can dig us into a hole that creates stress and, and just more anxiety. So part of what fire you know, gets really right is actually prioritizing what brings us meaning and then just ditching the rest. You know, this is how achieving fire can look different for everyone. It depends on what it is that you're prioritizing. Achieving fire doesn't necessarily have to be this cookie cutter thing that's going to look the exact same from one person to the next. We control our futures. We control what we spend our money on. And additionally, on the note of happiness, I think it's worth pointing out how I think we've all seen in our lives when consumer spending, when you know, spending money that we didn't need to spend, how oftentimes that leads to us being less happy. And so that's even more reason why it's important for us to rethink what it is that moves the needle for us, that actually makes us happy, because it'll be easier to identify the fact that earning lots of money and having tons of money isn't necessarily the end goal. Yeah, Matt, that reminds me of an episode we did quite a while back. We talked about buying happiness and can we do it? And we talked about the, the hedonic treadmill in that podcast episode. And we talked about how quickly we get used to the new normal once we've kind of upped our spending. And that spending increase might produce some sort of incredibly short-lived burst of happiness. But in the long run, we then have to maintain that level of happiness and continue to spend. And so we're better off from a happiness perspective, reining in our spending and saving more of what we make, feeling less anxiety overall, and just practicing gratitude more frequently for, for the things that we do have. Right. And, and as folks start to consider whether or not they think fire is something that they could live with, right? Whether they think that that's something that would fit well with their lifestyle. I mean, that's exactly what we would encourage folks to do is to think through the type of lifestyle that they want to have, because there are, you know, there can be a, a couple different types of fire that you can achieve. You know, sacrifices will, of course, be required in order to go hard after fire. But how much sacrifice and the level of journey difficulty will in large part be determined by the specific route that you opt for. In recent years, as more people have found out about FIRE and joined the community, uh, terminology has developed to better reflect the choices that people are making. And that's where the different types of FIRE come in. Yeah, I think those are helpful because they've kind of distinguished uh, different ways of, of approaching FIRE in your life. And the big two, Matt, that, that FIRE people talk about the most are lean FIRE and fat FIRE. So let's kind of talk about that too, because I think no these options out there too can help you in your approach to fire because some people want an incredibly simple lifestyle they might let's say want to live in an rv um, or build a tiny house on uh, on a relative's land and that kind of person might be somebody who would be a perfect fit for lean fire this is a group of people in the movement that feel comfortable saving up 25 times their expenses in investments and, and calling it done or maybe even less sometimes and this group often receives the most criticism too because most financial experts don't think they're saving enough to cover a long-term retirement lean fire often means only biking uh, no car at all it also could mean moving to an extreme 
extremely low cost of living area to reduce costs even more, uh, like living in an RV. And this, of course, will allow you to reach that fire goal sooner because you have fewer expenses that you need to cover in those retirement years, in the years that you decide not to work. But know that lean fire means a long-term lifestyle of extreme simplicity. And I know for some people, that sounds perfect. (laughs) And for other people, we feel like we need a few more creature comforts. And that lean fire lifestyle just isn't for us. Yeah. And on the other end of the spectrum is fat fire. And I can identify maybe a little more with the fat fire folks uh, for multiple reasons, namely because there's certain luxuries I'm going to want to have in my life. Like beer. Uh, (laughs) It's true. (laughs) You know, this approach is going to be a little more conservative when it comes to their investments and what you expect to receive in returns. And, you know, while it majorly does prioritize frugality, it also doesn't advise cutting back to the bare bones during retirement. You know, there's a realization that cutting back too harshly can lead to burnout and to where retirement may not even be all that fun, right? And so you've kind of worked really hard to save up, you know, just enough to, to get by to, to consider that 25 times your annual expenses. But in reality, you're having to cut back maybe way more than you realize, or maybe there's certain expenses that you didn't take into account. And it's like, man, this retirement lifestyle isn't really all that it's cracked up to be. Yeah, so I would say you and I both probably lean a little more towards the fat fire camp. Although a lot of those people want to buy like a Tesla and travel first class too. And <laughs> I'm not really, I don't really care too much about those things. Or one of those things. You still want a Tesla, I'm sure. Right? So- someday, someday. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's a long way off, man. I just can't see that happening anytime soon. Maybe in 10 years, I'll get an extremely used Tesla. We'll see. But now, Matt, as we're following the simple steps to achieve fire, if we've changed our relationship with money and we've kind of determined what fire approach is going to work best for kind of our our long-term approach to money, then let's get into kind of a few specifics on how you proceed from there. One is, is that you have to pay off debt. If you want to achieve fire, if you want to be able to retire, it is about saving and investing, but it's also about making sure that any sort of debts that you have, especially high interest rate debts, are taken care of. And so if you have gotten yourself into a place where you have more debt in your life, you've got student loan debt or credit cards hanging out, uh, you, you're going to want to prioritize those at the same time you're, you're prioritizing investing and saving more because if you're going to try to retire early, the only debt you should typically even consider having in your life is is debt on a home. Yeah, it's hard to save up your money and have interest working for you when you have interest working against you when it comes to the debts that you still have. Another sort of you know key principle, Joel, uh, when it comes to achieving FIRE is that you need to find ways to pare back your budget. Cutting your spending is so incredibly powerful. You know, we're, we're all about earning more money, but getting intentional about spending less can be even more helpful. That's because less outgoing money will allow you to save more now but it'll also allow you to permanently decrease the amount of money that you'll someday need to fund your lifestyle. It's kind of like a double whammy, right? It it helps out on the front end while you're saving up that money now, but it also helps on the back end to make sure that you spend that money judiciously as well. That being said, as you do earn more, it's crucial to, to bank your additional income. And we would encourage you as well to try to keep your lifestyle creep at bay in order to achieve fire faster. You want to make sure that you minimize that lifestyle inflation. Yeah, lifestyle creep. It's one of my favorite terms in personal finance that doesn't get <laughs> talked about enough. And when it comes to our money, I think all of us can identify. It's almost never that enormous purchase or that really stupid thing that we shouldn't have done buying like a lake house <laughs> when we didn't have the money for it. Oftentimes, it's those small things that add up over time. Hiring a lawn service, maybe. For most of us, it's the small things that tend to ruin our budget. That lifestyle inflation, as we make more, instead of banking it, we tend to consume it. We tend to spend it. And so while that's one major thing we need to avoid if we're attempting to achieve fire, I think 
Another thing, Matt, is that we have to massively lower our costs on the three biggest areas of our budget. Those are housing, transportation, and food. Fired folks tend to, to house hack or live in much smaller accommodations than most people who earn similar salaries. Living close to where they work and not having a car is a route that many take, right? And, and eating out minimally while cooking almost exclusively at home is another way to save big. Almost anybody who has been pursuing fire for any period of time realizes that those are the major levers that they can pull right now in order to to massively increase their savings rate. If you go from a three-bedroom house that you're renting to a one-bedroom apartment, well, you can save a good bit of money every month. And likewise, if you're like leasing a car, let's say, or your car is worth $25,000 and you can downsize into a car that costs you five or $6,000, those are the kind of things that anybody pursuing fire would say those three areas, you can easily extract more savings out of all three. And if you do that, it's going to make a big difference in your budget and a big difference on your timeline to being able to to reach that early retirement point. Yeah, focusing on those huge expenses can really make a big impact, right? There, there's so many little things that we can do in our lives to kind of optimize uh, these small little wins, but you got to start with the big things. There's only so much money that you're going to be able to save uh, by tweaking your thermostat a little bit or searching online for like promo codes when you're getting ready to buy something, right? Or, or for a parking lot, <laughs> so yeah. you can save ten bucks, <laughs> on, you know, for a one-time parking fee. And granted. That's not something that you should avoid, but it's also not going to be the big difference maker. Exactly, man. Uh, and so, so something else too, we certainly want to make sure that folks are saving their money, but we want them to be investing even more. Uh, you know, we've talked about the pittance that most savings accounts, even the ones that you know are our favorite online banks that they're paying these days, it is not very high. Uh, and if you want your money to grow quickly, it is going to need to if you want to achieve FIRE then you're going to need to invest a substantial portion of what you make. So let's do a little math, including some of the specifics on how to invest to achieve FIRE, you know, including you know, the pesky question of, of how to even draw on funds in your retirement accounts before you hit retirement age. And we're going to get to all those topics right after the break. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. 
If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. (laughs) Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust & Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to kachava.com dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money all right matt we're back from the break we're talking about how to achieve fire we're offering some simple steps and hopefully some practical takeaways already in the show. But now we're going to get a little more math oriented, a little more nitty gritty when it comes to how we invest, how we take money out. That kind of stuff is really crucial in the fire conversation. It changes the dynamics of how you save and where you save. If you're planning on working a much shorter amount of time and your retirement time horizon is longer. So let's talk about where to invest. Basically, if you're trying to to uh, attain fire, it's really important. It's the most important thing is, is maxing out tax advantaged retirement accounts like a 401k, IRA, or HSA. Matt, we've talked about all of those vehicles at different points in time on the show, so we're not going to go into a whole lot of detail now. But those are the accounts. They're going to help you for multiple reasons. If you're self-employed, you can invest a whole lot every year inside of a SEP IRA or a solo 401k. And in the SEP IRA specifically, you can save up to $57,000 this That's year. That's a lot of money. Right? So if you're banking it and you really, really want to achieve FIRE, know that you can invest a whole lot in a small period of time with those kind of limits in a tax advantage account. Right? If you want to achieve FIRE, it's crucial that you take advantage of whichever of these accounts you have access to and put as much money as you possibly can in them, right? We said HSA. Not everybody has access to an HSA, Matt, but if they do, that's an important one that they should be putting money aside in. Any of these accounts that you have access to, make sure you're using them. 
Yeah, and these are accounts, right? These are the different vehicles that we invest our retirement in. But what actual investments do we purchase? We're going to mostly recommend stocks. A well-diversified stock portfolio uh, could be hard to stomach during downturns, you know, like the recent one that we had in March and April. But if we want to achieve fire, we're going for growth. That's why most fire proponents invest in the total stock market or the S&P 500 index fund, you know, with incredibly low fees. Their money is actually invested in stocks, in securities that are a little less conservative than, than bonds, for instance, or other accounts like a money market account. Yeah, man. And by investing in those accounts in particular, as opposed to having more of your money in cash on the sidelines in a savings account or something like that, you'll also be avoiding taxes. This is another huge benefit in your attempt to reach fire, right? By lowering your adjusted gross income, specifically through investing lots of your money in those tax advantage accounts, specifically, it appears to the government, right, that you're earning less money than you actually are, which lessens your tax burden. So understandably, this is another huge lever that people focused on early retirement look to legally pull in as many ways as possible. So for instance, if you do put $57,000 into a SEP IRA or 19500 into your 401k, which is the limit for this year for that, your AGI goes down dollar for dollar with those contributions, lowering your tax liability in a major way. And that is why those tax advantage retirement accounts are so dang powerful. And so, Joel, we know we're talking about putting money in retirement accounts. And personal finance nerds out there, listeners to the show, they know that you can't touch that money until a certain age, right? And so, how can you actually achieve FIRE? How can you retire early if you can't touch this money until you're much, much older? 59 and a half in most cases with those retirement accounts. Yeah, it, it stinks to be putting that money in and say, I want to fire, but how do I touch it? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's a major question for those of us who want to retire early. But there are ways for us to avoid those penalties of withdrawing money from those retirement accounts that we just mentioned. Uh, One of them is the Roth conversion ladder. That's one that you should consider. But just know that it takes years of planning to pull this off. But if you are smart enough and you've worked hard enough to, to be able to set aside that kind of money, you can figure it out, right? I just want to encourage folks to know that it is certainly possible. And not only is it possible, but you want to make sure that you take these steps in order to avoid those additional fees and penalties. Yeah, Matt, if you attempt to withdraw funds from one of those retirement accounts we mentioned earlier, then you are going to pay a 10% penalty on the money that, that you're withdrawing from that account. That's obviously a major hit. And it's not something that, that you want to just freely give the government. And there are ways around it. You mentioned the Roth conversion ladder. That's one way around it. And there's uh, also an arcane tax code provision called the 72T rule. It's a way of distributing some of the money from that retirement account that allows you to take a set amount each year for a recurring number of years. You'll want to make sure you work with a tax pro to ensure that it's done properly. You don't want to screw that up, right? And everybody, we'll post a link in the show notes to to an article that's incredibly helpful thinking about withdrawing money from those accounts before you hit retirement age from our friend Brandon, who runs a website called The Mad Scientist. Because there's so much nuance involved, it would be really hard to describe in full how you take advantage of these rules on the show. It's so much easier to read his long form article that he wrote in order to get a good sense of how you actually pull that money out early. But suffice it to say, there are multiple strategies that can help you pull that money out without paying the penalty that would typically be imposed. That's right, Joel. Okay, one big question that we want to make sure we get to as well is a lot of folks might be wondering, 
when have I saved up enough money? Like, when can I actually retire? And for a lot of folks, having saved up 25 times your annual expenses in an investment portfolio, that is a great mile marker. And so hopefully you're already tracking your expenses. And so literally, you just add up your expenses for the year, multiply that by 25. And that number, that result is your FIRE number. Typically, for most folks, that's going to be the number that they're going to want to see in their retirement account. Having that much money saved up, that allows you to withdraw 4% of that portfolio every single year without eating away at your principal amount. Again, this is a rule of thumb. There are some folks who are probably willing to, to say that they've achieved FIRE when they have maybe a little bit less than 25 times their annual expenses. But then there's others, Joel, like you and I, and we're looking to have a little bit more than that. Yeah, I don't just want a Tesla. I want someone driving me around in it. <laughs> you have a very high standard of, of what you're looking for, I can see. I know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save up a whole lot more because of those ridiculous things I want someday. Well, in addition to that, though, I think folks who are, are looking to achieve FIRE, they have to, a few other things they need to consider when they're trying to determine how much that they should take out of those accounts every year as well. Yeah, if you're an idiot like me and you want a Tesla chauffeur, it's going to cost you and you're going to have to save up more money. I'm totally joking, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, in particular for fire folks, Matt, they, they do have more to consider. And I think, you know, when you look at the numbers, saving up 25 times your annual expenses leading to a 4% withdrawal rate makes sense for so many people. But when you run the numbers for people looking to retire early, it does change the math just a little bit, right? Because your money has to last a whole lot longer if you retire at age 40 than if you retire at age 65. So a little bit more conservative math, I would say is in order here. And again, that's kind of part of the reason that lean fire that's not really on my radar. And I think a withdrawal rate somewhere maybe a little bit closer to 3.5%, somewhere between 35 and 4% is a better rate to plan on when you're considering early retirement. Maybe it's just me, Matt, but I'd rather plan ahead a little bit more on the front end and and work another year if I had to in, in my FIRE plan in order to make sure I saved up ample funds as opposed to kind of chancing it and hoping that the 4% withdrawal rate works out. And it does in an overwhelming number of circumstances. But I also think, yeah, when we're talking about retiring super early, there's some potential cause for concern there uh, with a 4% withdrawal rate. Well, the other thing to mention too is that, I mean, there's a, a spectrum in between fat fire and lean fire, right? Uh, you don't have to only go bare bones where you're just barely scraping by in retirement uh, and you're only living on the road in a really, really cheap used RV, <laughs> you know? On beans and rice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a lot of ground in between that and having a Tesla plus a Tesla chauffeur, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I just wanted to mention that, that there's a wide spectrum that you don't have to commit to one or the other. You can still continue to work, but maybe you don't have to you know, stay in a position that that drives you crazy, or, or maybe it's an industry that you just don't really like. Once you're within that spectrum, you then have options, right? So maybe you are working a terrible job and you've achieved lean fire. Well, you don't have to straight up and quit completely. You could then maybe take a different job that pays a little bit less, but man, maybe you find way more fulfillment and happiness within that position that happens to pay less. And then you can continue to work in that position for, for as long as you want. And that's what's great about pursuing financial independence overall, right? Is that it does give you that freedom, that flexibility, those choices. So if you save well over a good period of time, it gives you the ability, like you said, to choose lower paying work that's more fulfilling. That to me is one of the most gratifying and beneficial parts of the movement towards financial independence overall. And Matt, something else our listeners should be aware of, there is a great calculator called When I Can Retire on Networthify, and that'll help you kind of plan for your future. It's easy to visualize what your numbers are and where you need to get to in order to achieve financial independence. It kind of lays out for you, okay, I plugged in the numbers. I am 17.3 years away at this <laughs> savings rate from retirement. And so it can really plant a seed, I think, in your mind 
to help you realize kind of how far along the path you are, how much further you have to go, and kind of put into perspective where you're at in regards to pursuing fire altogether. And we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. Yeah, totally. What I love about that calculator is literally all you need are two numbers, like your income and your expenses. But then it crunches the numbers for you. And it, it, yeah, like you said, it, it tells you the, you know, the number of years it is until you could potentially retire. I love that. And, and like you said, it can, at the very least, kind of plant a seed. Uh, and, and Joel, one other thing, too, that we wanted to mention is that you know, like we're talking about this from the standpoint of investing in the market, but we want folks to know that there are alternatives to investing in the market as well, right? This is why that you, know, you and I both love real estate investing. There are tax benefits, uh, and there is regular cash flow when it comes to real estate as well. You know, sometimes I think there can be too much focus on the big nest egg amount, right? When really you're just looking to replace your income, right? You just want to have cash flow to be able to comfortably cover your expenses. If it's helpful for you to think on a more monthly time frame versus like this giant number that you have to achieve, if instead you can think, okay, cool, I know it costs six thousand dollars for me to live every single month. I need to find a way to replace that. Thinking about it in that manner might allow you to. Uh, think through some of the different ways that you can generate monthly cash flow, right? Like whether that be like real estate. You know, some folks have written books, and when you write a book and you continue to sell copies, well, you continue to generate income from that, and that income can support your financial independence lifestyle well into retirement. Matt, the the example you gave about somebody who needs six thousand dollars a month, it made me think: what if they had the the goal of buying one rental property that would cash flow five hundred dollars a month every single year? And that's not easy to do in every single market. But there are some people that could set up their challenge in that way, where they could achieve financial independence in 12 years based on real estate investing alone. I think thinking about it in kind of a more monthly income granular level like that can kind of help people come up with a, a more ingenuitive approach to their goal of achieving fire. Because I don't know about you, Matt, I get tired of seeing the commercials for investment houses saying, my retirement number is 4.2 million, or my retirement number is 2.9 million. Right. It all feels so unachievable. It feels so far off, and it feels like it's going to take forever to get to that point. Granted, fire people who are, let's say, investing $57,000 a year into a SEP IRA, they're going to get there a whole lot quicker. But it is important to note that there are other ways to do it. It's not like the only way you can approach it is, is to accrue just a massive nest egg of that size in those tax advantage retirement accounts. People are getting creative <laughs> with their approaches to fire. And there are some cool people just completely changing the script with their approach to how they're pursuing fire. Yeah, there are a lot of different avenues and approaches towards achieving FIRE, and it's worth thinking through the, the different ways that you find the most fulfilling. You know, the path to FIRE, like if you decide it's for you, it's not a competition, but you know, it can be a healthy challenge like it was for me, for many of our listeners who are stoked to save more money for retirement and to have more control over their future, uh, including where and, and how and, and when they work. And all of our money journeys are going to look different. So give yourself some grace if you do decide to pursue fire. And a word of warning as well, realize that it can become an unhealthy obsession when you have you know, a certain number that you're striving after. I think sometimes folks can get a little too preoccupied with it and they, they forget to live life here and now along the way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and Matt, of course, again, we totally resonate with the fire movement. There's there's so much that this community offers. It's a countercultural message, really, that can, when done well, reflect a healthy view of spending and saving. And, and that's kind of what's at the core of our message on this show. So we would say to everybody out there, don't 
attempt to live like everyone else, right? Most of the people out there, most of your neighbors are in debt, or at least half of them are, at least when we're looking at the stats, right, uh, that bear out of the financial problems that most of America is in. And realize, too, that small changes over time can lead to incredible results. If that giant retirement number I was just talking about, if that overwhelms you like it does me, know that small steps, uh, starting now, starting today, can, when continued over a long period of time, really make a major impact on your life. And so FIRE isn't going to be a goal for every single one of us. Uh, For those of you who are pursuing it, hopefully this episode was helpful. And then for those of you who hadn't really thought about it before, hopefully maybe some of the tenants and some of the ways that people approach their finances in the FIRE movement, hopefully that was helpful. And you can take some of those tenets, some of those practices kind of back into your financial life and how you are attempting to save and invest and cut costs as well. And one last little bit of encouragement too is that I feel like the media has made fire look like something that's only for really high wage earners, right? Like for the engineers, for the software engineers only. And that it's not really attainable for a lot of other folks, but that's certainly not the case. Uh, It's attainable for school teachers, for photographers, for for podcasters. We even have a chance, Joel. (laughs) (laughs) And flight attendants. I mean, really, anybody out there. We we know people in the movement who have all sorts of different careers and jobs. And you're right. I think sometimes that's how it gets pegged. But those certainly aren't the only people participating in the movement. Yeah, it just depends on what you want your life to look like. It's about the goals that you set for for you and your family. Completely agree, man. All right, let's get back to the beer that we had on this episode. Today on the show, we had Speedway Stout by Alesmith Brewing out of San Diego. Matt, what were your thoughts on this beer, man? Man, you know, when I saw this can, I thought that this is a beer I've had before. Um, Speedway Stout sounds really familiar, but I feel like I would have remembered it because it's really, really delicious rich and robust. It's got a little bit of sweetness going on. Uh, but then the aftertaste, it's a little dry. You know, it kind of has those coffee notes going on with a little bit of cocoa nibs. It has that sweetness up front that I typically find myself drawn to, but then it didn't end really heavy where it felt like you you know, ate like a big piece of cake. <laughs> yeah. I, I really thought this was going to be a super huge beer that weighed me down. And it definitely wasn't the case. I agree. This is This beer is a true classic in the craft brewing world, right? It's from a brewery that's been around for quite a while. And it's got, like you said, the cocoa nibs, the dark chocolate notes, but it still retains a pleasant sweetness, I think. And, and then I really appreciated too, a little bit of toffee going along with the coffee. And yeah, overall, just a just a delicious stout. I'm a big fan. No wonder this beer has like kind of like a cult following for who knows how many years, like 20 years or something like that. Yeah, plus it's nice to switch it up and have an imperial coffee stout right in the middle of summer. So Joel, that's going to be it for our episode today, man. Uh, listeners, you can find our show notes up on our website at howtomoney.com. Yeah, and if you haven't left a review yet, for the show, we would appreciate if you would hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a nice note for other potential listeners to see. It helps spread the word about the show and helps increase the possibility of financial independence for everyone. And that's something Matt and I feel passionate about. So, all right, buddy, that's going to do it for this episode. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms. They don't see two dentists or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. 
Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. And in fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. And new customers receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.